0: Hello and welcome to the BICOM podcast. I'm Samuel Nerding, BICOM's research associate. This week, I sat down with Hirex's intelligence and security correspondent, Yossi Melman. We met in a pub at 1pm in central London. And typically for the UK, the pub was beginning to fill just as we started talking. So I apologise for the background noise. However, you are able to hear Yossi and I very clearly. We spent over an hour talking about a long list of Israel's security challenges in the years ahead, and a full transcript of the interview will be published in our journal, Fathom, in the coming weeks. For now, I hope you enjoy our conversation. So maybe we can start with the number one threat then, that the IDF will say, the Israeli-Palestinian issue. and. I'd like to get your view on what you think this government should be doing. You said that that they're not prepared to talk, they don't want to sit down and talk. Um, Micah Goodman says that the myth of peace has frozen the status quo, and he also says that there's a big gap between managing and ending the conflict, and he calls it shrinking the conflict. So I'd like to get your view on if you think that's one way that the government should be looking at this now, Should, should it be trying to shrink the conflict? or should it be doing trying to, doing something else to try and get both
1: sides, like I said, back to negotiation table, so... You, you, it's already f- uh, 55 years since Israel liberated, occupied the West Bank and Gaza. It's, it's true that you need two for tango, but, it, but and in the first 30-something years, maybe even more, uh, it was true that Israel really was s- aspiring to have negotiations and peace with the Palestinians, with the Arab world. And eventually we achieved it. Yeah. Uh, and in the last um, decade and a half, it, it's the opposite p- picture. It's the, that the Palestinians, or at least the, the majority of the Palestinians, at least the PLO, are ready to talk to Israel and Israel is turning their back to it. So I don't think it's a wise uh, notion to manage the conflict. You cannot manage the conflict. The con- the, it, it will explode in your face eventually. And therefore, the, it's, it's, I'm not sure that you can reach an overall settlement. It's m- m- very difficult. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, you need two for tango. The Palestinians are not helping is- Israelis who are in favor of peace, yeah. uh, uh, but it's an is- even if the Palestinians are a bit rigid, it's an Israeli interest yeah. to be much more forthcoming, much more aggressive mm. in the search for peace mm. and to be more creative, mm. offering solutions, maybe Interim agreements, maybe to reduce the number of of construction in the West Bank, Um, and it's not a military Uh, problem, and therefore the the military has no choice, only to to work on the instructions and the policies of the government, Mm -hmm. and therefore. Uh-huh. what they can offer is just to contain the the, the, the confrontation and to manage it. Yeah. And from time to time, there are outbursts of, of violence as we saw in, in recent weeks. Yeah. And then the government has to be, you know, the, the, the military has to be tough, has to employ all the tactics and all the measures that are in their possessions. Yeah. And it's a vicious circle yeah. because y- you... You, 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 politically, m- diplomatically, you don't pursue the, the right solutions by the government, by the politicians. Then the military is left to deal with it, and they deal with it the, the way best they. they can. Yeah. yeah, the way they know how to yeah. deal with it, and so, it's it's their mission. So, so, what do you think is stopping the government from
0: taking, you know, the steps, you know, unilateral steps or other steps? Is it? Do they think that they're doing what the population think they should be doing and should be having this hard line? Like what's stopping the government? What's stopping that Lapid sitting down and saying, right, you know, this isn't working, we need to help the IDF more and we need to start. Or is it just, is it something which has to, it's a long term okay. cycle that needs to change from the bottom up, bottom up
1: maybe? This government came to power carried by one notion. And this is Netanyahu. Oh, okay. It was anti-Bibi. Yeah. What, what unites all, all these impossible factions within the coalition, from left-wing to, to the right-wing, to the Islamists, mm. is the opposition and the rejection of Netanyahu, who yeah. is facing criminal charges in court. Yeah. And uh, rightly so cannot be a candidate for the prime minister, but the Israeli law is strength, so legally he can be a candidate and, and, and stay in power as a prime minister. Yes. There is no law against, against it. There is a law that if a cabinet minister is found is charged or is uh, he, he can be deprived of his immunity and, 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 and would be facing trial. If he is clear, then he can return to, to office. And because of that, that coalition was built just on one, around one topic. This is the Netanyahu factor. And be, and the government and the various factions in the government said, we are united just to, to have a new government, okay. to have a new beginning. Okay, so there is a new beginning. The atmosphere is less poisonous. It was highly poisonous under... And the Netanyahu government, uh, even promoted by Netanyahu or his disciples, um, they thrived on, uh, on, on spreading this uh, poisonous uh, atmosphere. Yeah. But when it comes to new beginning, they are paralyzed. Right. And so there are certain things which are in consensus, okay? But the, the Palestinian it's issue not. is not. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Let, let's move to Iran. Um,
0: Iran is, like I said, it's it's far away, but it's it's been on the government's lips for a long time. And even though a different Bennett still has the the line that Iran is, you know, greatest existential threat. Obviously, the official line is also that JCPOA is is bad. There are some people, uh, previous or former security officers, who have said actually a bad deal is still better than no deal. Where do you sit in this? In this kind of
1: Israeli debate, well, there is a, there has been a, a major change in the attitude of the of the of the Israeli government to the Iranian uh, question, especially to the nuclear program yep. and to the JCPOA. And the big shift is that there was a general under, uh, acceptance and understanding by military chiefs, security chiefs, and many people at the political level, that the deal was not perfect. Mm. The JCPOA of uh, 2015 was not perfect. But, unlike Netanyahu who said, better no deal than a bad deal, mm. um, m- most of the military and security chiefs said, uh, we can live with that deal. It's not perfect, it's not mm. ideal, but we can manage we can monitor the Iranian uh, clandestine efforts to maybe to, to violate and to be in breach of the, of the deal. But then came Trump, pulled America out of the deal, imposed new sanctions with the, uh, with, with the support and the tailwind uh, of uh, Netanyahu and the, the previous head of Mossad, Yossi Cohen. and and indeed the sanctions were crippling Iran but not to the point that they would surrender Uh, their pride national pride is is very important to them and now we are reaching a a crucial point there are three and a half years only left until the the deal the nuclear deal expires Uh, unlike the the efforts to to create the impression that biden is selling out israel it, it he, he proved that he's tough is yeah. not caving in totally surrendering to israeli to iranian demands yeah. and now what is, and he's already 15 months in 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 power one year since the beginning of the renewal of the the negotiations with Iran. Still, there is no deal. It's still hanging in the the air. Biden wants a deal. The Iranians want a deal. But still, there is no deal. And the main obstacle now is that uh, the Iranians are, as a precondition, they demand that uh, the IRGC would be uh, taken off the sanction list. I don't think the Americans will uh, will accept it. Although it's a symbolic gesture, because in real terms, IRGC has been sanctioned not because of the nuclear deal and their contribution to the nuclear deal, but because by uh, by their involvement in terrorism and spreading uh, destabilizing the Middle East. So it's just a symbolic, uh, a matter of ego, pride, yeah. and for both sides, it, Biden and the and Iranians, it, it, it's kind of a symbolic gesture. And therefore, I think that, I, I don't know what will happen. I think the Iranians are desperate, it, uh, or at least the leadership in Iran, to, sign a deal, to have a deal, to lift the sanctions. One hundred billion dollars are in stake. Yeah. Uh, and they need it and they need it their economy is in shambles is yeah. deteriorating but on the other hand the irgc is a, is a major factor is a strong it's a it's a empire in in Iraq, economic empire in Iran. it's not just a military organization uh, in, uh responsible for defending and protecting the regime uh, and and uh, the, the Iranians also, unlike the, although the, it's a tyrannical regime, almost a police state, still, they are very cautious uh, not to provoke the public opinion. Yes. They, I mean, they would not hesitate to take, to take tough measures, even killing people when they protest, protest and go into the administration. But they keep a kind of a balance. And therefore, public opinion is of something which they consider. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like in the in the West or in democratic society, but but it's Iran is not North Korea, where they don't care about public opinion at all. And the media in Iran is slightly more open, not like much more open than in uh, than in North Korea or other dictatorial regimes even is more open than in now in Putin's Russia. Mm, yeah. So they want the deal, the Iran Iran wants the deal but we, we'll see w- whether pride prevails yeah. or economic interests will right. will have the upper end. From Israel's stance
0: and it, it sees it sees it sees Iran's nuclear program going even closer to the threshold. And, like I said, it saw maximum pressure not work completely because the US and China, Russia didn't go full in like they did before. From Israel's start, do do they want the US to turn away and say, no, we're going to go back to maximum pressure because we think we can get the Iranians to stop completely if they know Iran want the money? Like, from Israel's view, do do they want a deal to be signed or do they want the US to go, no? What's better for Israel, really, in the long term?
1: I think that that from the Israeli government's point of view, Mm -hmm. it's better not to have a deal and that the sanctions would remain and not because of uh, that it would be their US fault, but because the Iranians uh, were stubborn. Yeah, okay. So so That's that's the ideal ideal solution. Yeah, at the same time, whether there is a deal or, or no deal, the Israeli security services, especially the intelligence, especially the Mossad, will keep an eye on yeah. Iran, and not only that. If if Iran is getting closer uh, to be a nuclear threshold state, the, 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 the Mossad will uh, continue with its uh, operations, clandestine operations, sabotage, cyber warfare. Uh, yeah. Trying to do everything possible not to allow to Iran to get closer to the threshold and they are almost there, almost yeah. there. Yeah. Now, I've been writing for many many years and as a almost as a lone voice, not lone. There were some other people who who, who said something similar that the Iranians themselves don't know. Whether they want the bomb to yeah. assemble a bomb yeah. or not, yeah. the, because I don't, I don't know any other country in the world which decided to have nuclear bombs and yeah. didn't produce yeah. it within yeah. six seven years. Yeah. Yeah. If there is determination and know-how yeah. in technology, yeah. you can easily produce it within five to seven years. That's what India did. That's what uh, Pakistan. That's South Africa and then dismantle its program. That's what Israel did um, and and some other countries. Uh, which, uh, and now, the Iranians have been toying with the notion of having nuclear program already for 30 years. I got a very uh, nice analysis from a former deputy director general of the IAEA. A Finnish guy called Doctor Professor Olli Oinenen, yeah. and he was not he was not pro Iranian. Actually, he was a very good friend of Israel, okay. because the I A is also filled uh, filled with people who are um, sympathizing with Iran. Right. He was not one of them,
0: yeah. and he
1: said that the that the Iranians don't know what to do, and their tactic is kind of. We have time. Uh, Let's see. Let's try to reach a bridge. If we cross this bridge, we'll move on. If the bridge collapses, or someone is uh, uh, interfering with us crossing the bridge, we will stop, we will reconsider. And that's what they have been doing for 30 years. They are making progress, but it's very incremental. Step by step, slowly, and they haven't been yet reaching the point in which they can assemble a bomb. They have already uh, they ma- master the uranium, the fuel circle, they master it. So if they want to enrich uranium to the level of weapon, weapon grade, which is 90-93%, they know how to do it. At the moment they are enriching it to 60% only. Uh, yeah. But there are two other elements in, in order to p- assemble and produce a nuclear device or a bomb. It's the de- uh, weaponization. Yeah. In other words, to put all the ingredients together in this metal uh, engineering yeah, small, uh, container. Yeah, yeah. container. And secondly, to put it as a delivery uh, mean on, on a rocket, on a missile. They are not there yet, and since their air force is doesn't exist practically doesn't exist, they have U.S. made uh, aircraft uh, of the sixties, inheritance of of the, uh, Shah, the Shah days. Yeah. So, out of the three phases or stages, enrichment. They have, they they are there. They master it, but weaponization and missiles, they are not yet there. They're making a lot of progress. They have good techno. They have good engineers, good students in in at universities. They are very talented. Yeah. But on the other hand, the regime is corrupt, highly corrupt, highly corrupt. You know that the number one country. Of of in in of ratio between uh, you know the size of the population and prostitutes, it's Iran, because they export prostitutes to the uh, to the Gulf states to make a living to, to support their families, and also it's a number one or number two c- country in the world in terms of drug addicts. It's easily available. It is easily smuggled via Afghanistan, the opium trade and Pakistan. So Iran is a mix is a mixed bag of advanced technology, excellency, excellence in, uh, in studies, especially scientific studies, uh, mathematics, physics. A lot of their students are, uh, are uh, studying abroad. And on the other hand, it's a corrupt state, it's an evil regime, and uh, and they struggle with the with their economic uh, dire conditions. Do you think Israel has a long-term strategy to deal with
0: Iran? Do you think it's it thought of what it can do, contain and to eventually roll back Iran in the region?
1: I think if there is one major concern in Israel, it's iran there there are no differences between left center and right that iran is a threat yeah. okay. now there people may differ about how to deal with that threat. but all in all iran is perceived as a threat and the israeli long-term strategy is not to not to open a war with Iran unless, unless, unless it would be really an existential threat. I think it was phrased by a former head of Mossad, Mayor Dagan, who said, You launch a war against Iran only when the knife is on your neck. And I accept that, I agree with him. We are not there and therefore the, the long-term strategies to avoid war and to do everything possible by clandestine measures mainly intelligence operations to to delay uh, the progress that is uh, iran is trying to make on the nuclear front and to work together with Western allies in that in that battle What is helping uh, Israel in the in the battle against Iran is that Iran is becoming more and more with Hegemonial inspirations They are involved in this destabilizing uh, Parts of the Middle East Iraq Yemen of course Lebanon and Many countries in the West realize it, understand it. America above all, but also the UK, not NATO, Western Europe, and most recently, maybe the major breakthrough which was possible to bring Arab states to recognize Israel, was the fear of Iran. So United Arab Emirates, uh, Bahrain, Morocco, certainly Egypt and Jordan they know what it means uh, what it means uh, that Iran has its imperial aspirations and therefore if you put this coalition anti-iran coalition in the Middle East with the western support for Israel in the war against nuclear iran and with Mossad clandestine operations, this is the long-term strategy, and and it works. Plus, that Iran also has its own uh, domestic considerations, among them the hesitation whether to assemble a bomb or not. So if you put all these factors together, we see that Iran is not winning the war, it's uh, is having economic yes. problems, yeah that the Sunite world is turning against Shiite Iran. And I think it works. It works. uh, There is no kind of a uh, kind of a solution that you go, you, you move in, go out, and the problem is solved. No, no quick solution. It's an attrition war between Israel on one hand, Iran on the other, and both sides are using uh, weapons that are available to them without being dragged into a major escalation, a war.